as Brett said, we have started a brand new series called Great Is Thy Faithfulness, and that title came out of, um, so we sang a very contemporary version that said Great Is Thy Faithfulness, but there is an old, old, old hymn called Great Is Thy Faithfulness, and it's this beautiful song that just captures the faithfulness of God. And I know for many, if you've walked with God for any period of time, maybe you're here tonight and you've just recently made a commitment to Christ. Maybe you're here tonight and you haven't made a commitment to Christ yet and you're learning about this thing of church and Jesus. We want to say welcome. We want to say it is so good to have you here. And my prayer is at the end of this message that you would have a better and bigger picture of who Jesus is. And maybe you've been walking with God for a really, really long time. And I think when you've walked with God for any period of time, there's this, often there are certain things about God that you hold on to. You know, there's the, the I know God as my father, I know God as um, powerful, and all of these things. And often if you said to someone, hey, what are some of the key things about God that, that you, if I had to say to you, give me one thing, give me a sermon you would preach, it would be that thing. And I think for me, if you had to say to me, what is one of the things that has been incredibly prevalent in your story and journey of following Jesus it would be the faithfulness of God. And so when I was asked to open the series week one of over the next three weeks, we're going to be delving into this. I just was so excited because I know and have experienced and pray to continue to experience more and more the faithfulness of Jesus. Because he really is the most faithful person in the room. And so I really want to, as we dive in tonight, give you a couple, a, a, almost a bigger picture of the faithfulness of God. And um, so where are we kicking off, and if you're wondering where from the scriptures does this come from, it's this amazing text in um, Lamentations, but before we dive into that, I just want to give you a bit of context for the book of Lamentations. It doesn't sound like a very exciting book in the Bible. It is in the Old Testament, and, and basically what it is is there was this people group called Israel, and uh, the Israelites were the people of God, and if you read through the, the Genesis and the Exodus, you're introduced to the Israelites and their journey, and they were God's chosen people, and and basically the way that worked is that they, they, was, they were destined to become the people who would enter the promised land of God. God had given them a promise that as a people who followed the most high God, they would walk into the promised land. And, and so they went on a bit of a journey where they didn't make it to the promised land. They ended up in captivity in Egypt. God miraculously brought them out of captivity in Egypt. If you've ever watched any Bible movie at any point in your life, you would have heard about the 10 plagues. Um, and, and so basically God miraculously brings them out of Egypt and he says to them, you need to go to the promised land. But people are people. And so they start this journey of for a period of time obeying God, following God, and then for other periods of time not. And they kind of go in a circle for 40 years through the desert trying to get to the promised land. And, and they go through Moses and then who was the leader who took them out of captivity. And then they land up with Joshua. And it's kind of this progressive story of our Israel, the people of God, and we are likened to Israel now as those who believe in Jesus. We are the people of God. It's not a race group anymore. It is a, a people who believe in Jesus. But what happens is because of their disobedience and their, their, their not obeying God, they go into another form of captivity and they are captured by what um, the, the nation was called the Babylonians. And the Babylonians were a people group who were um, they were bloodthirsty, they wanted power, they had no regard for the ways of God, and they captured the Israelites. And so the Israelites went into another captivity. And you can imagine for them, they had this promise, they were going to receive this thing of the promised land, and then they go, and, and this happens over many, many, many chapters of the scriptures, and I, I won't be able to go into all of those, but they end up in Babylon. 
And Babylon is this place that is surrounded. It's war. They, it's grief. They are a broken people. They are slaves to this, this nation. It's a terrible, terrible time for the people of God. And basically, Lamentations is five poems that are written as poems of lament. They are poems of honesty for, to, for the Israelites to pray of almost a sense of like, God, this is hard. And there's this honesty and this truth behind these lamentations. And I, I said it this morning, I want to say it again. God is not fearful of your feelings. He's not fearful of what is going on in your world. You see, I think so often what we do is we hide our feelings from God and we only pray or we only press in when we're feeling good or when we're feeling like things are going well. But the challenge is when we hide our face from God, when we are going through the tough things, we don't give him the opportunity to speak into those things. And you see, in this context, Lamentations is not exciting to read. As you read it, you're not going, wow, I'm leaving this so chuffed. You're really not. It's not what's happening when you read this. There is, there's this raw, honest emotion that comes through this book of just the honesty of where they were at as a people. But then it crescendos in this beautiful and, and any kind of uh, commentator would say that Lamentations 3 verse 19 to 24 is kind of the pinnacle of the book. It's this amazing text, and it goes like this. It should be on the screen behind me. It says this, remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. It's this hard picture for, I don't know about you, but for someone's soul to be bowed down, it's like, it's incredible pressure and strain and difficulty. But then the writer says this, says, but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You see, I don't know what 2020 has looked like for you, but when I read that scripture, hope rises in my heart. There's the sense of God, you have, your faithfulness is real. There is hope for me. And so what we're going to do is we're going to dive into this reality and of, of the faithfulness of God. And the reason that we're doing this series is because sometimes as people, we need to be reminded. You know, we are by nature people who get confused and run away from the purposes of God. And, and when we struggle, we, we forget who God is. And, 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 and the beautiful thing about the scriptures and gathering together as a church and and all of those things, is we get to be reminded of who God is. And so we're taking three weeks out to go, we need to be reminded of the faithfulness of God. You see, 2020 for many people has been one of the most difficult years of their lives. No one expected a pandemic to arrive on our doorstep. No one expected it, no one was prepared for it. The only one who did expect it was our Father in heaven. The only one who was prepared for it was our Father in heaven. And you see, we have to be reminded of the faithfulness of God. And so we're going to spend the next three weeks doing that. But tonight, what I want to do is I want to point out three reasons why God's faithfulness is great. Why this thing of faithfulness is great. And the first thing I want to say tonight is this. God is faithful when we are faithless. God is faithful when we are faithless. In 2 Timothy 2 verse 12 to 13, it says this, an amazing scripture. Paul is writing to his friend Timothy. He's giving him some helpful guidelines about leading and God and, and, and teaching him. And he kind of pulls together these lines from all over the Old Testament. And he says this, if we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. 
if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. You see, the faithfulness of God, the, the trueness of God, the ability to put our trust in God is not rooted in who we are. It is rooted in who he is. The faithfulness of God is rooted in who he is. You see, historically, we quickly get into a space of stopping to trust. And I think, uh, I, I think this is an amazing illustration. Many, uh, if you don't know, my wife and I are moving to uh, the United Kingdom in the middle of December, and we have been preparing and getting everything ready and getting our kind of world in order. And then a couple of nights ago, we decided, okay, we're going to book the flights. The, the visa applications are in, everything's happening, we're going to book flights. And and so I go on, but obviously because of COVID, trying to be as wise with our finances as possible, we're like, okay, we're not going to book um, return flights because Kate has to return in a couple of months. And so we're going, okay, we'll, we'll just book one-way flights for now. We can book a little bit later. I don't know about you, but when I book flights, I do it about seven times. I go all the way to the end, and then I'm like, no, I'm not sure if the dates are right. And then you go back, and you check it again, and you check it again. And once or twice, I have nearly booked for July when it was June, and you know, that sort of thing. But I know you go, I go back four times, and I make sure, and then I check the price. And I don't know if you've ever had that moment. It literally happened to us where I reloaded the page, and the price of the flight doubled. Like, what has happened? Is there a man from Qatar Airways watching me trying to do this? You know, you're like, and, and so we go through the process and we, and then obviously pops into my mind, we need travel insurance because if something gets stolen or our flights get canceled, so do a quick Google because the price is good, so you don't want to lose the price. You do a quick Google and it says, Discovery credit cards, you get free travel insurance. I'm like, yes, we are winning tonight. Good flight prices, free travel insurance. So we booked the flights. And then a day or two later, I'm talking to Kate, and I'm like, okay, we've just, let me just make sure. So I go on, and I download the elusive PDF that is known as T's and C's. And I download the T's and C's, and I'm reading the T's and C's, and the T's and C's say that if you book a one-way flight with a credit card, the travel insurance is null and void. And you're sitting there, and you're going, awesome, <laughs> great. But you see, I think it's such an incredible picture of often how we relate to God is that we feel like we only receive his faithfulness when we achieve the T's and C's apply. You see, we create this list of things that if I get all of that right, then the faithfulness of God applies to me. If I achieve all of these things as a Christian, if I go to church enough, if I do this and I do that and I do that, if I just satisfy the T's and C's, then I'll get the faithfulness of God. You see, our world is built on that structure. Discovery credit cards are built on a structure of T's and C's. I want to tell you that the faithfulness of God is built on one T and C. That is who he is. The faithfulness of God is rooted in God. You see, the Bible describes our Father in heaven as the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. You see, the reason that is so powerful is because he knows the beginning and he knows the end. He's not surprised by anything. The Bible describes our Father in heaven as the rock that cannot be moved. So it doesn't matter what your situation is, he cannot be moved. It doesn't matter the circumstances of our world, your job situation, all of those things are very real and very valid, but they don't change who God is. And that is the powerfulness of that truth that actually he's faithful even when we're faithless. The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. There are no surprises with our Father in heaven. There are no surprises. And I, 
I think sometimes we need to understand that we need to step into a place of knowing that his faithfulness and his faithfulness to his promises are true. You see, the Bible are filled with the promises of God, but often because we don't know him, because we don't know who he is, we don't understand deep in our souls the faithfulness of God. Uh, the other day, I went, um, my wife and I went for lunch with her dad, um, and her sister joined us, and so it was the four of us at the table, and we went to, and there's one at the waterfront, but we went to the one at Eden on the Bay in Bloberg, it's called Mozambique, they put a K, so it's Mozambique, not Mozambique, which, the, and so the, we're sitting there, and, and they're, they're, the food is amazing, but the prices are loftier, so you've got to be a bit stealthy, but they always have a special running. So I'm looking, I'm like, yeah, prawns, 210 rand for six prawns. Cool, 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 cool. Very nice prawns. But, and you're like, okay, cool, yeah. And then the, the like chicken, you get half chicken because a quarter chicken isn't even a real thing. So half chicken chips, yeah, that's 149 rand. Cool, 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 cool. And so you're going through this process and I'm like, I say to the, uh, the, the gentleman who was serving us, I say, sorry, what is um, the special today? So he says, well, actually we've got hake and calamari with chips for 99 rand. Yes. I didn't really feel like hake. But I'm like, it's 99 rand, so I ordered it. And Kate's sister's ordering the prawns a la Arribiata, and it's just like prawns for days, 200 and something rand, and ordering drinks, and Kate's having the chicken, and it's all happening. And, but I'm doing the maths, and I'm going, I'm going to win this one. And I'm like working it out and working it out, and right as we get to the end of the lunch, I'm like, I've nailed this, 120 bucks drink and food included. And right at the end of the lunch, Kate's dad goes, oh, I, I, I know I didn't mention, but actually this one's on us, on me. And I'm like, oh, I could have had the prawns. <laughs> and there's this incredible truth seated in a very silly story that often because we don't know who he is in the beginning, we don't trust his faithfulness in the process. You see, if I had known at the beginning of the lunch that he was paying, I would have ordered the prawns. But because I was living in the small insular world of T's and C's and I need to make sure I hit the budget and all of that stuff, I wasn't trusting in the faithfulness of a very big wallet in that moment. But actually, so much in our lives, we live in the space of, of not trusting that God is who He says He is. We don't trust His promises. We don't trust those things because we don't know them. And so I want to say to you, wherever you are, get to know God, spend time in his scriptures, spend time in his words, spend time in his presence. When we do those things, we start to understand that his faithfulness is linked to who he is. Number one, he is faithful when we are faithless. Number two, God is faithful when we are faithfilled. I love this one because it's almost the opposite, but it's equally exciting and equally true. This is the fun one. You know, God is faithful when we are filled with faith. It's in, in Hebrews 11 verse 1. It says, now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. It's this amazing scripture that says, believe it, believe God, and miracles will happen. You see, he's faithful to what he says. And I, I think a, a personal story for us, when Kate and I got engaged, it's this amazing moment. If there's anyone in the room who's gotten engaged, it's just this incredible, incredible moment. And we were on a yacht sailing around Cape Town. It was beautiful. I had a ring in my hand. She was at the front of the yacht. Very Kate and uh, what's the other guy's name? Leonardo. I'm equating myself to Leonardo. But um, 
And so it's this beautiful moment, and Kate's, look, we were, it was not as cool as that. We were, had like 75 jackets on, so you actually just look like a sumo wrestler at the front. But, and so she's looking out over the distance, and I'm looking at the guy whose boat is who's sailing us around. Please put that in your bag. Um, and so, the, and so we, we're in the front of the, the boat, and Kate's facing out, and I'm behind her, and I've got the ring in my hand, and I've pushed it in so that it doesn't fall in the water. It's very stressful with a ring on a boat. And, I, and, and so there's this moment, and I go, please turn around. And she goes, no. I'm like, please turn around. And she goes, no. And I'm like, please turn around. Which obviously made it less romantic, but equally as exciting. And then she turned around and also fell on one knee. So I'm not sure who proposed to who, but we got it done. And so there's this exciting moment of proposal, but we wanted a wedding. We wanted our friends there. We wanted a party. But the reality is we didn't have the money for it. We had a little bit of money that we were going to be able to save, and so we wanted to get married in eight months' time, so we put our savings projections there, and we were like, cool, we can get this much, but it wasn't even half of what we needed to have the wedding that we wanted, and we, we put some stakes in the ground. We said, we're not going to get into debt, so we'll have the wedding that we can have with what we have, but we said, hey, God, you know what? We're going to trust you for this number. We're going to trust you for this money, and I had never done anything like that before. It was this like exciting moment. We're, we're filled with faith for this, and and I was appalled that that money didn't appear in my bank account the next day. I was appalled. I was like, God, surely I'm filled with faith. I've declared. I've prayed. I've done all the Christian jargons. And we had to go on an eight-month journey of trusting God. And the most incredible miracles happened. Friends came to us and said, hey, here's 5,000 rand we want to put in your bank account. And, and all of a sudden, my dad, who hadn't been particularly generous for much of my life, all of a sudden gave us some money toward our wedding. And, and all of a sudden, we started to see the power and faithfulness of God when we stepped out in faith. But you see, part of the challenge of when you go through a tough time or a consolidating time or a time that hits you hard, we start forgetting to have faith for things. We, start, we stop believing that God can do the miraculous in our lives. We start living this insular world and we forget to be faithful. I love, I was chatting to Mr. Reed, who's sitting at the back, and he was saying to us, they've moved three times overseas to some challenging places and, and uh, difficult places to move to, Thailand, Cambodia, and like all of this, like it's big, it's moving. And I love that he said this sentence to me, because obviously with us moving, he just said to me, hey, just remember, your first move gives you faith for your next one. And your next move gives you faith for your next one. And it just stuck with me, because I realized that when I go on faith journeys with God, my faith grows. Why? Because I see his faithfulness. And we have to know the truth that God is faithful when we are faithful. I, I, I just have an honest moment of, of understanding the faithfulness of God. And, and I, recently, obviously, in us planning to move, we're going overseas. It's the, the great British pound is not great when you are translating rands into great British pounds. It really isn't wonderful. You're like, hey, I've saved all this money. I'm going to go. And then you arrive and you buy a Coke and it's gone. You're like, like and, and, so, and so we've, and it's been a bit of a journey because we're going on a faith journey. We're filled with faith and actually... But I got into this weird rut recently where I started checking our bank balances every day. And I started checking our, our we've got a budget app and I do all of that stuff for us and, and kind of have worked everything out. I started checking that stuff every day because this anxiety and this fear started to build up in me of, do we have enough? Are we going to be okay? Or am I going to get a job? Are we? And all of these things. And so started to check and do sums and we can, and this much every day. And, 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 the, and all of those things are good practices. 
But when they start becoming bigger in your heart and mind than the faithfulness of God, you get into trouble. You see, we have to live in a space of, okay, God, I, I stay in it, but we use wisdom. We consult with people. We do those things, but we, we have to remain in a space of, actually, if I remain faithful, God will be faithful. It's his nature. It's who he is. And my final thought I want to finish with tonight is a simple one. God is faithful when we fail. And this is a massive one. It's a massive, massive one. In Romans 3, 22, the scripture says this, this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. To anyone who believes in Jesus, the righteousness of Christ is given. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, and if you don't have context for that, those were the two big race groups, and he was saying, actually, there's no difference. If you believe in Jesus, you're in. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. You see, we've all failed. We've all failed. No matter if you're a preacher, no matter if you are a business leader, no matter if this is your first day in a church, no matter the journey, we all failed at one point. But I want to tell you that the faithfulness of God is bigger than our failure. The faithfulness of God is actually so big that the Bible says that he had predestined before the creation of the world that you would be made a son and daughter of God. So before he created the heavens and the earth, before he spoke the stars into being, God had predestined a story for you. God had predestined the fact that he would put Jesus on the cross so that your failures could be pinned to his cross. And you see, the challenge is we live in the space of, I failed, I failed, I failed, I can't live for God, I can't walk in God's ways, I, I can't live the story that God's got for me because of my failure, but actually every failure is an opportunity for the grace of God to be bigger. Every failure is an opportunity for the grace of God to break in. Why? Because we serve a God who is faithful in our failures. Now, is that a reason to just keep failing? No. But when we respond to the grace of God, he makes us more and more like his son. You see, the cross was a declaration over humanity that said, you couldn't do it, so I will. When we were faithless, he was faithful. It was a declaration over your life personally that even though you can't do it, I will. I love that testimony. I said it this morning, Stu's baptism testimony. I, I watched it during the week as Johan was editing it, and I just, I was so overwhelmed. Just that simple line you said, I just did it. You see, no matter the life before, no matter the story before, you made a decision for Jesus. And in that moment, the Bible uses this language, and it's strange language, but it says we are born again. No, you don't go back into your mother's womb, and you're not reborn. No, it's an illustration. It's this emotive language of actually you get a new start. You get a new beginning. The Bible says his, his mercies are new every morning. You see, he is faithful when we fail.